From hook and bullet to policy and science, we're here to discuss and dissect all matters of importance to Montana's rugged landscape and the people and wildlife that call it home. This is Montana Untamed. The image went around the country in days. A man clinging to a broken chairlift 20 feet above the ground, one ski off, moments before he had no choice but to jump. What the image didn't show was that moments before the man's four-year-old son had fallen off the chair when it broke. It happened at Montana Snowball Ski Area just north of Missoula back in March. The incident sparked an outcry from the community and prompted the U.S. Forest Service to investigate the safety and operations of Snowball. And it spurred questions about why Montana deregulated chairlift safety in the late 1990s. With me today is Joshua Murdoch. He's a reporter at the Missoulian who covers outdoor recreation, natural resources, and land management agencies like the Forest Service. He's been following the situation at Snowbowl and investigated chairlift safety there and more broadly in Montana. He's also an avid skier, including at Snowbowl and other small ski areas around the West. So, Josh, uh, what happened up there at Snowbowl? Right. So this incident happened almost uh, a month ago. It was Sunday, March 19th that this occurred. And uh, what happened is that a, uh, a man who lives here in Missoula, uh, Nathan McLeod, who uh, was skiing that day with his four-year-old son, they loaded on to the snow park chairlift. And they got on to the chair. They started their ride up. And the chair was swinging left to right pretty severely. It struck the first tower on the way up. Uh, shortly after leaving the lower lift terminal. And the impact of the chair striking the tower actually caused the seat and the seat back to break away from the chair. That caused uh, Nathan's four-year-old son to fall about 15 feet down to the ground. And uh, people started shouting. Uh, I think um, you know a few moments later, uh, the lift attendant did stop the movement of the lift, and Nathan was left clinging to the vertical uh, upright pole, um, and uh, he he was not able to hold on, and also he was worried about his son. So a few moments later, he had to jump about 20 feet down to the snow. Um, and uh, beyond stopping the lift, um, there, there wasn't much of a response from the lift attendant. The lift attendant didn't notify anybody else that this had happened. Uh, they eventually did ride the lift back up to the top once it was confirmed that they weren't uh, injured too bad. Um, and... Uh, Ski Patrol, which has a shack at the top um, of the lift there, didn't do anything. They skied down to the bottom, and it wasn't until Nathan actually uh, tracked down and, and you know was face-to-face with Andy Morris, who's one of the owners of the ski area, that uh, you know Andy Morris was able to get someone to bring Ski Patrol down from the top of the mountain to check out Nathan and his son to make sure that you know they, they were not injured. Um, and yeah, so that is, uh, that's generally, you know, what happened with that snow park chair on March 19th that was captured in that picture from a bystander. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think it's obvious that, you know, chairlifts are not supposed to, you know, drop people from them. Um, and the response was maybe not, um, up to, you know, standard. And so there's been some fallout about what happened. Um, can you tell me about that? Yeah, so a few days later, my colleague Dave Erickson, who uh, covers business 
here at the Missoulian and, uh, you know, has written a lot of stories about Snowball from that standpoint when they put in new lifts uh, or expand the ski area. Um, he, he was already on to the story, um, as was I, within a day or two of this happening. And so he wrote the first story that was about the incident itself. It had Nathan's account. Um, Dave got comments in his story from Andy Morris, who owns the ski area with his father, Brad. Um, and he got comments from Lolo National Forest Supervisor Carolyn Upton because Snowball operates with a special use permit on the Lolo National Forest. So that story came out um, just two or three days after this incident had occurred. And there was immediately a um, pretty vocal social media blowback against Snowball. There were hundreds of comments in places where the Missoulian story uh, was shared. And there were dozens of comments, at least, on Snowball's social media accounts. Um, but Snowball didn't actually publicly acknowledge that this incident had happened beyond the fact that Andy did confirm uh, in his comments to Dave for the story that, that the incident happened. And he confirmed that, you know, there wasn't initially a ski patrol response or a, you know, response from the lift attendant. Um, but there were no social media posts, you know, acknowledging this had happened um, by the time Dave's story came out, and uh, they actually didn't they didn't post snow reports that following weekend uh, like they normally do each Saturday and Sunday. Um, so the Forest Service, after that incident, um, that day, um, they were actually notified not by Snowball, they were notified by a member of the public that this had happened. Uh, and the Forest Service ordered Snowball to shut down the lift um, and keep it shut down so that a um, regional-level Forest Service ropeway engineer could come out and monitor lift operations, check out how it runs. Um, and so the engineer did that a few days later and saw that there were issues with the lift, there were issues with how Snowball responded to the incident, and they issued a notice of noncompliance. Um, and part of that is they ordered Snowball to get an outside independent en engineer to assess the chairlift and make sure it's brought into compliance with national standards for uh, how it should operate. And they also ordered Snowball to come up with a plan to improve its incident response. So I began reporting on that, the notice of noncompliance and what Snowball was being asked to do in response to this incident. I reached out to Brad and Andy Morris, the owners, for comment. Um, and as soon as I reached out to them and left voicemails uh, letting them know I was reporting about this and, and wanted their comments, uh, they posted a statement to Facebook and Instagram about the incident. So 11 days after the incident, they finally acknowledged it. And um, they didn't mention the notice of noncompliance. They didn't really mention the Forest Service at all. They made it sound like they were choosing to take these measures uh, on their own voluntarily. They didn't mention that they had been ordered to do this um, by the Forest Service. Um, and uh, so that statement that they posted got some appreciation in the comments, people saying, you know, hey, thanks for acknowledging this. We appreciate that you're going to, you know, look at the lift. Um, but mostly it was more backlash. So, I mean, the community was was really riled up um, about this. And it was people who weren't just frustrated that this incident had happened, but people saying, you know, this is an, this place has been an accident waiting to happen. It doesn't surprise us. We're just glad that people are okay. So... Maybe you could tell me a little bit about Snowball, um, you know, for listeners who maybe don't ski or, you know, aren't in Missoula. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll be the first to admit as a skier, it is a very fun uh, little ski hill. It is locally owned. Um, it has more than 2,000 
feet of uh, vertical, continuous vertical descent from the top of the highest lift down to the base lodge. And that's some of the best in the Pacific Northwest in terms of continuous vertical. Uh, it's known for having lots of intermediate and ungroomed terrain with lots of glades through trees, uh, bump runs, and a little bit of steep stuff. There's not anything high alpine above the tree line, really. Um, but, you know, good, fun, steep skiing it can be kind of rugged, very physical skiing. And there's good backcountry access for people who, um, you know, like to go out and tour in the backcountry as well. It definitely has a rustic local feel to it. Um, there's three older lifts. There's one new lift that opened up this year. Um, there's a small lodge. There's a bar. Um, there's some of the best food you'll ever have at a uh, ski lodge. And... Um, consistently voted best bloody marys in missoula um but and there's a lot of fun events there too alpine race series at night there's an annual ski jump event that draws a big crowd um schemo or randonnée racing series there telemark race series and outside events or outside organizations will hold events there as well that are really fun um so it's known for all that but it's known just as much for um you know issues with the lifts um it seems a couple times a winter um, you know, lifts aren't working or there's power outages. Everybody has to be evacuated by rope, uh, from the lifts lowered down one by one. Um, and it's accessed by a windy, icy dirt road. Um, so it can be tricky to get there sometimes too. So it's, it's kind of known for all of these things. Um, it's, it's definitely a very distinctive, uh, ski area in that regard. Okay, so it sounds like there's this one lift that's being investigated, um, but you mentioned that there's a total of four lifts. Um, so are they looking at all four of these lifts? Um, is, the one, is the one that was compromised, is that the new one? So that was, uh, that was some news that came out the other week um, after I started looking into this as well. So the Forest Service is taking two two separate but related approaches here. Um, they're related in that they're looking at safety. Um, they have, they, you know, they went by the book, by the Forest Service manual regulations for how to respond to the snowpark chairlift incident. And that is an old chair that Snowball Bolt used from Aspen Snowmass Ski Area. And it opened up uh, three or four winters ago um, when they relocated it up here. And so in that specific incident response, like I said, they issued, they monitored the lift, they issued the notice of noncompliance, said you have to get somebody from the outside who's independent to come in and figure out how to fix this lift, bring it into compliance, and you have to fix your incident response. Um, that was that deal. Because of this outpouring of public concern over the ski area and because of a history of lift safety incidents at Snowball, um, the Forest Service is now also taking a broader look and, um, you know, kind of probing the safety of Snowball Ski Area as a whole. And that has yet to take, take shape. Uh, Carolyn Upton, like I said, the forest supervisor uh, who runs the Lolo National Forest, she just decided recently that, you know, the forest is going to pursue this. They're going to make sure that Snowball as a whole is adhering to the terms of its special use permit and its annual operating plan, um, which include certain safety measures and standards for lifts and certain operational protocols like responding to incidents, uh, including safety incidents. So they're going to assess, you know, how or whether the ski area is actually up to snuff from a safety standpoint, um, because there's concerns 
among the public and among the Forest Service that the ski area is uh, not meeting safety standards. And exactly what that's going to look at, they're still working on figuring that out. It's going to include some sort of public involvement component that they're still working on figuring out because this is very early. Um, It's probably going to take place over the summer before this upcoming winter season. But Carolyn Upton did tell me that it likely will involve ordering an outside independent inspection of all the lifts, not just the snow park lifts. Um, And there have been other incidents um, with Snowball. Um, You know, there's a very sad incident that uh, a lot of people also read about that happened the other week in which uh, there was someone who, after a day of skiing, was drunk in the parking lot and uh, drove his car, allegedly drunk, into uh, his friend and killed him. Um, That is outside of the Forest Service's purview. Snowball actually privately owns the parking lot and the area right around the lodges. Um, So that's just something that's being dealt with by law enforcement. Um, you know, but it was just a, a really tragic incident that, that happened to occur while all this other stuff is going on. But with the chairlifts, um, a couple years ago, New Year's Day 2020, an empty chair on the Laval chairlift broke off the main hall cable, damaged the main hall cable, um, and it was right after two skiers had unloaded from that chair that it broke off. Before that, uh, December 27th, 2011, A chair on that same lift struck a lift attendant at the lower lift terminal and detached from the hall cable. Um, And the Missoulian reported at that time that a chair also fell off the cable the previous summer after striking an elderly man in the unloading zone at the top. In 2012, um, Snowball refused to sell a season pass to a longtime pass holder because he brought some safety concerns to management at Snowball. And in that case, the Forest Service had to intervene and work out an agreement um, with Snowball so that he could ski there again. So there's been this growing you know, concern about whether Snowball is a safe place to ski. Skiing has these inherent risks, but lifts breaking and falling apart while you ride them and ski patrol not responding is not supposed to be one of those inherent risks. So you've mentioned the Forest Service a lot. Um, how much oversight does the Forest Service have over lift safety? Right. So not a ton. Um, This ski area, like many others in America, operates on a special use permit on Forest Service land. As a term and condition of that special use permit, Snowball has to have its lift, every lift, inspected every year before they operate. Um, But those lift inspections are done privately by the ski area, generally by an inspector from the insurance company, because the insurance companies, to provide insurance, often will require that this inspection be done as well. Um, The ski area gets to keep those inspection reports privately, internal. They are not released to the public. They're not even released to the Forest Service. All that happens is that the ski area, whether it's Snow Bowl or any other one on Forest Service land, simply has to notify the Forest Service and say, hey, we did an inspection. And if there were issues, then we fixed them. But it doesn't have to say what the inspection actually found. It just has to say that one happened. Generally, the only time the Forest Service is actually out there with an engineer on the ground operating and observing a lift is reactive after an incident happens, like what they did with Snow Park. Um, But the Forest Service doesn't actually have its own, you know, crew of lift engineers that's out there every year themselves making sure that these lifts are safe. They count on the ski industry to self-regulate. So 
where is the state in all this? Is there are they providing any oversight? Is there any other oversight of you know uh, chairlift safety? Yeah, so the state of Montana um, actually used to regulate passenger chairlift safety um, for any sort of surface or aerial, um, what's called a tramway. That could be a rope tow on the ground or a T-bar lift or a Pama lift, uh, the big gondola um, or tram at Big Sky, and all the regular old chairlifts at uh, ski areas around the state. Um, Montana used to have the Montana Board of Passenger Tramway Safety. And that board would uh, oversee and take part in these annual inspections that happened each year at all the lifts. The difference was that those inspection reports were sent to the Forest Service. So that offered the Forest Service a lot greater insight into lift safety and the condition of lifts at ski areas on Forest Service land than what they got from the ski areas under the Forest Service's own requirements. But the Montana legislature actually abolished that board in 1997. They decided that it was redundant. Um, the ski industry uh, and ski areas lobbied the legislature to get rid of that board. They said, look, the Forest Service already requires us to do these annual inspections. Our insurance companies require us to do these annual inspections. You know, we've already got twofold requirements right there to inspect lifts annually and to adhere to the same standards nationally. We don't need this, you know, third layer, the state agency doing the same thing and charging us money for it. That's, you know, uh, as one ski area owner put it then in 97, that's a part of government that doesn't work. Um, so the legislature and, and the Forest Service at the time uh, testified in the legislature against abolishing that board. They said this would hurt our ability to oversee lift safety. Region 1 of the Forest Service, um, the, the regional forester at the time sent a letter opposing this bill um, that passed the 97 legislature um, almost unanimously and with bipartisan support. Um, and they sent representatives out to testify in person against it. Um, they said that, you know, the what the notices they get from ski areas that just say, you know, an inspection happened aren't very helpful to the Forest Service. It doesn't help them understand what's actually occurring. But the inspections they get from the state board are really helpful. It gives them a lot more insight into what's going on. Um, nonetheless, the legislature decided to pass this bill, and in 1997, they got rid of the Board of Tramway Safety. So since then, lift safety in Montana has fallen to um, just the Forest Service in the way that I described. That put... Montana in the ranks of states that do not regulate chairlift safety at the state level. In the western U.S., only Alaska, Washington, California, Colorado, and Utah have some sort of passenger tramway safety board. Fifteen other states in the U.S., uh, including all of New England, have boards like that as well. But the remaining 30 U.S. states, you know, including a slew of western states like Wyoming and Idaho and uh, New Mexico and Arizona, don't have any board like that. So they, they, there's no uh, state-level safety oversight in some of those western states and uh, much of the U.S. as well. Um, so, yeah, that uh, that is how hmm. we ended up uh, where we are now. Okay, so then where do things go from here for, you know, Snowball and the Forest Service? 
Um, and you know what can what can folks who use Snowball services expect in the future? Right. So the Forest Service already ordered um, you know that outside independent inspection, the snow park lift, and uh, that lift is not operated since the incident. Um, and like I said, there's also that separate broader assessment of safety at Snowball that's shaping up. And we'll see throughout the spring and summer and possibly into the fall exactly what that looks like and what, you know, if anything, they find or, you know, ask Snowball to do. Um, and we'll see what the public has to say uh, when given the opportunity, however that plays out. At the same time, though, um, a group of legislators from Missoula is now looking at whether or not they should revive the state uh, passenger tramway safety board. Um, you know, this incident and the public outcry and the, you know, the kind of the scrutiny of this incident has uh, kind of reminded people or, 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 you know, taught people for the first time that the state used to oversee these things. There used to be that extra layer of oversight at the state level from that, you know, now abolished board, and that that helped the Forest Service do what they try to do in keeping these lifts safe. Um, and so, yeah, there's some state legislature, legislators looking at reviving that board. Uh, it is a group of five Democratic state senators from Missoula. Um, Republicans have a supermajority in the legislature. Um, it may be an uphill battle to bring that board back, um, and it might not even be a partisan uphill battle. I mean, almost every Republican and Democrat in 97 voted to abolish the board. Only one person in the House voted against abolishing it, and every state senator voted to abolish it. Um, so we'll see what, if anything, happens with that. Uh, sounds like they might study it with a joint committee uh, in between the legislative sessions. Meanwhile, up at Snowball, um, this upcoming weekend, the 15th and 16th of April, is their closing weekend. Um, there was an amazing powder weekend uh, two weekends ago. And uh, they've put season passes on sale for next year. They uh, haven't announced how much a season pass next year is going to cost. But if you're interested, you can put down a non-refundable deposit. Well, thanks, Josh. Uh, I mean, any final thoughts about your experiences up at Snowball? I've had some really excellent skiing up there. I've had some excellent food up there. Um, it is a cool local ski hill, um, you know, but... This, the safety issues, especially since they're on uh, public lands, are concerning. Uh, it's not like anybody's out to get Snowball, but there is definitely this, uh, you know, legitimate question of public land management agency that oversees uh, recreation on public lands, and they've got a duty to ensure the safety of the public that goes there. Um, skiing's dangerous, but uh, it's not supposed to be dangerous because lifts break. Right, right. All right. Well, thanks, Josh. Till next time. Mm -hmm. Montana Untamed is a podcast from the newsrooms of Lee Enterprises, Montana newspapers. Visit any of our websites or subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.